Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Hello and welcome back to this week's Sovereign Self. Today we have a guest with us, Catherine LaCour. And uh, before I introduce her, I just want to remind everyone that we have some new stuff starting around here. Uh, What's officially starting is Second Saturdays with Sophia, and that is coming up on May 11th. This will be the first one. We're going to be embracing our higher purpose on that Saturday. So if you're interested in learning more about Second Saturdays with Sophia, go to bit.ly slash second Saturdays, and it'll show you what's on the calendar and how you can become involved. So there's that. Moving along, I am welcoming Catherine LaCour with us today. Catherine's mission is to co-create conditions for connection by embodying leadership as a lifestyle. She works at the intersection of organization development, coaching, leadership, yoga, and social change. There's an interesting combination for you. She also brings her experience as a leader and change radical to help others shift their attention from conflict, overwhelm, and external orientation to lead from the core of who they are, their sovereign self, if you will. (laughs) And as a result, they begin to make decisions with clarity and radiate with compassion and act with greater confidence knowing that they are on the right path. Her experience includes co-creating conditions for cultivating coaching cultures, enhancing psychological and cultural safety, developing and facilitating evaluating leadership and learning programs for leaders and teams. She's got over 15 years experience working in healthcare organizations in Canada, where her work has been acknowledged by the International Coaching Federation with a PRISM Award and a Coaching Wise designation. Catherine's passion for evolving culture and elevating consciousness Builds out of her graduate work, a master's in education from the University of Calgary, that integrated earth-based spirituality, leadership, and adult education with her background in international development. Catherine has traveled extensively and is in, and is studying to be a Kundalini yoga teacher. She's discovering the synergy of this ancient wisdom with the practice of collaborative leadership. Catherine now enjoys living in Vancouver. Uh, in Victoria, sorry, on Vancouver Island. <laughs> Let's get that straight. <laughs> and she's grateful to the coast Salish people who have been stewarding this beautiful land. She was actually born in Liberia, Africa, and immigrated to Alberta from England, the land of her ancestors, when she was five. She feels alive about her next phase of service as the chief embodiment officer. I love that CEO <laughs> designation. <laughs> Uh, with the White Raven Collective and is committed to embodying a deeper connection with self, community, and all of life. So welcome, Catherine. It's so good to have you with me today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Ah, A great pleasure. Me too. It's so good to have someone who comes on the show who has such amazing credentials out of like the mundane, corporate, hard-nosed world. (laughs) 
<laughs> and who has learned how to coexist in both of these worlds. Mm. Um, but one thing I like to go through with my guests is how they arrived at this point, because it's easy to look at someone like yourself and go, oh, my God, she is so fucking amazing. I could never do that. <laughs> so tell us how you evolved into this amazing creature that you are today. Where did you start? Oh. Wow. Well, thank you. Um, well, first, I think where I start is, uh, is with uh, connection, <laughs> connection to the land and where I am and the people that I'm part of and uh, following the impulse of what is happening around me and learning through the experience of life. So mm -hmm. I think the greatest um, opening for me into this work has been through broken heart, a broken heart. Yeah. Yeah. So where did you, where did you start? Were you always kind of dialed in and connected or was there a turning point around that? I, my work began um, really in international development. Um, and I was working overseas in Latin America for a couple of years. And one of my posts there was, with as an intern with the United Nations in Guayaquil in Ecuador mm -hmm. and my um and they were expecting like an architect or an engineer and they asked <laughs> me when I got there so what can you do for us and I said I can write a paper they really didn't know what to do with me and I didn't really know what to do with them so um I got to explore a lot of different places I went to schools and I went to gas stations and I um and I ended up working with a consultant from Belgium who was working on a project um, to engage the local barrios uh, in um, municipal planning. So the uh, intention was to shift the democratic process in the municipal elections from uh, would-be mayors uh, who would uh, get votes from saying, oh, I'll build you a new school or I'll give you a new road if you vote for me and to have more intentional strategic planning for the entire urban center of Guayaquil. And it's a center where 80% of the people live um, beneath the poverty line. And uh, it was one of the most challenging times of my life and one of the most heart-opening times of my life. Okay. So I became acutely aware of the um, in inequity in the world and um, specifically between the North and the South and the rich and the poor and the structures and the processes that perpetuate those patterns and what is what might be required to liberate those patterns so as a northern um, woman of privilege and power and being white and being educated um, there was one moment and representing the United Nations where somebody came I was in a school and she came to me and said oh miss miss can you please like give us uh, money we need money for books we need money for resources and I became aware of like wow they're looking at me uh, like for my power and my privilege and what I represent even though from my experience at that time my story was that I had no power I was like a peon in the United Nations right but from their experience I had tremendous access to resources um, so I became aware so that dialed me into uh my what's my part in this and how am I contributing to this system of inequity and global um, 
well, imperialism, yeah. <laughs> right? In in certain countries, benefiting um, from the the work and the resources of other countries, and it, and not being um, equitably divided. And I became really curious about, well, how do we engage um, people and all people in their in in being part of planning and part of making decisions and part of engaging um, in their everyday life? Yeah, that's a really good question. What did you come for an answer around that? Yeah, it was a really great question. And it took me into my master's work at the University of Calgary, where I kind of mishmashed my own program together that integrated leadership with adult education, with community development, and with participatory action research. And in that process, I um, discovered like the theoretical framework for um, a lot of, uh, for social liberation and um, popular education. A lot of it, interestingly enough, coming out of Latin America and Paulo Freire, who spoke a lot about the oppressed should become the oppressors and um, how um, and liberation theology, which is designated to um, liberate us from the um, expectations um, and from cultural traditions that are imposed often by. Uh, ruling uh, people mm-hmm. to su- subjugate other people, um, and 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 the liberation theology believes that uh, each of us within us have our own power, have our own wisdom, have our own creativity, and that we um, and it's through the process of inquiry and engagement and reflection that we open and liberate ourselves into that. Um, so a concrete example of that might look like teaching, for instance. A lot of our teaching principles in university and um, high school are much more of a top-down, like I have the information, I'm the expert, you need to know this um, information and regurgitate it back to me. That mm-hmm. would be a, a traditional teaching model. Mm-hmm. And um, a, liber- uh, a model of education in, in, liber- in liberation and theology, uh, uh, liberation, uh, I'm translating from Spanish. I mean, would be to ask questions and that people already have the answers within them. And so how do we bring the answers out and create the conditions for people to step into and own their power and their wisdom and their talents and their unique gifts in the world so that they can accomplish their mission and their purpose that each of us are here to Uh, realize. They're community and their politics mm-hmm. and their living conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I really was, I'm sorry, I really was struck by your statement about the uh, oppressed becoming the oppressor. Mm-hmm. Uh, my in-laws live in El Salvador. Oh. And the last round of elections, if you've caught up with that, the, um, the I forget what they officially called the party, but basically it was the guerrillas in the conflict, finally won the election and came into majority power. And it's been interesting seeing everything that came out of that because it turns out they've been significantly more corrupt than the folks that were in there prior to them, that they were very upset about the corruption and the insider dealing and theft and that that went on. And so it's like, yeah, I can definitely see that cycle playing out as I'm observing what's happening from my in-laws. But I don't know how to fix it. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, it's really interesting. That cycle um, um, is also present here in Canada uh, in this moment where we have a lot of conversations and dialogue about reconciliation and truth between the Indigenous peoples and the um, settlers of, in Canada. And the recognition of the role of um, newcomers and immigrants to Canada in um, perpetuating a, a, a dominant um, oppressive structure, really, yeah. that has um, dominated a certain group of people and allowed a certain group of people, namely um, well, white people and newcomers yeah. Yeah, to exactly. our country. The white European immigrant, basically. Yeah, yeah. At who, I'm like, um, fled from Europe um, because of oppression in their own lands, right? From yeah. the Irish and the Scottish. And my ancestry is coming from England. Um, and we have a background, I have a background of Welsh and Scottish and English and maybe some Viking thrown in there. Um, <laughs> and I'm actually planning a trip to England um, in July. So I was just doing some research on um, an island I'm going to with my mom and my godmom called Anglesey. And, uh, and um, about the history of that island. And how the Druids and, uh, and um, the people who may have been connected to Avalon at that time were, um, were destroyed is the word that comes to me uh, by the Roman empire that came in. Exactly. So that, so, so the indigenous people of Wales and of England, what is now known as Wales and England were, were oppressed. Like my people were oppressed. My mother's mothers were oppressed by um, the Roman empire. And then we come over here and we do the same thing with the indigenous people. So it is this power over um, pattern of domination and oppression that I believe is at the root of many of the challenges we have in our world today. And so it's a great question. How do we, how do we fix it? I don't know if there's a, I don't think there is a quick fix. I think it's more about how do we elevate it or how do we evolve it and and that's where your work is so important and this conversation that you're hosting is so relevant because it's about, um, like it can't be fixed from the outside in. Like nobody else is going to come around and fix this and make this better for us. That the only way for us to really evolve this situation is to, um, is to elevate my own experience and my own engagement in the world and to claim my sovereign self and to... Um, align with that part of me that is wise and creative and resourceful and liberate myself from the uh, stories and the patterns uh, that keep me stuck and that maybe I buy into that I'm not worthy or I'm, I'm not deserving or my perfectionism tendencies and all of these are patterns that kind of keep us stuck in the same way of organizing and What's my part in changing who I am so I can evolve these patterns? Exactly. Well, and limited thinking, I think, comes a lot into it, this whole competitive idea yeah. that if I get mine, you won't have yours, or if you get yours, I won't have mine. It's like, no, there's, there are ways for both of us to support each other and prosper together, right? Yeah. Everybody should be able to benefit without the detriment to the other and that that's the thing that it's like yes this is where the creativity needs to come in this is where yes. really the listening um 
for what the need actually is, right? Yes. Because it's not always what we think it is. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And, and, um, and it can require some truth-telling. And I may have to see parts of myself that I'm not I really know. happy about seeing. No, I, know. I don't want to see, right? Or my blind spots or the part of me that goes into like victimization or the part of me that becomes bossy and to get my way, right? And Right. I'm or really- that wants to come out and say, well, I, I see clearly what you should be doing. Totally. Oh, oh time out. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's very interesting. So you did all this wonderful work in grad school. What was kind of your conclusion around how best to move this forward? How do you support this process in in an organization, for example? Yeah, well, it was taking something that was very theoretical um, and abstract and making it concrete and practical. And that's where coaching came in. So that's where I was serendipitously put into a place called the Center for Collaborative Resolution and was the manager there. And part of my role was um, um, marketing and registering people in an Erickson College coaching program. And, um, and so to, to share with others, I needed to understand it for myself. And what I got from that experience was that coaching is the models and the methods required for like the concrete, practical, everyday experience. Yeah, rubber on the road change. Let's hold this thought for just a moment because we're coming up on our break. So I just want to let everybody know that you can contact us on Facebook or on Twitter after this show wraps up to continue this conversation because I know we're we're stirring the embers here. Uh, you can find me at Zofia Renea, that's Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A on Facebook, and it's the same handle on Twitter. And uh, we can reach Carolyn LaCour on Facebook at White Raven Collective or on Twitter at Collective Raven. So we will come back to this conversation right after this commercial break. So hang with us. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Tuesday at noon Pacific time at 3 p.m. Eastern time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Hello, and thank you for hanging in with us through the break. We really appreciate that. I'm here speaking with Kat, and we were discussing the role of coaching and how that helped to bring this theoretical concept that she developed in grad school down into practical reality. So would you like to pick that story up for us? Sure. Yeah, so how do we become the change we want to see in the world and uh, bring, bring ideas and possibilities into the practical experience every day at work? And the coach approach definitely is a methodology that supports that, that intention. And, uh, it's, and really my experience with it, bringing it into um, like the spiritual meets the mundane world is... Uh, working uh, in BC Health uh, Care Organization. And how did that come about? How did you get involved with them? Uh, through a friend. Oh, and then I worked in Alberta Healthcare and then um, joined a, a very leading edge, pioneering, innovative team um, who were really uh, intentional about transformation not just creating the conditions for change, but about creating the conditions for transformation. And this team and group of women was a, an amazing experience for me. I had an opportunity to learn with some of the most wise, innovative, mission-oriented, mm, divine women I've ever worked with. They're a wonderful team. That's and, wonderful and powerful. Tell yeah. me, what, what do you see as the difference between the conditions for, the, for change and conditions for transformation? Mm, that's a great question. Yeah, so a lot of change uh, management processes focus on um, like a project that goes from A to B, like start, open a new hospital, build a new hospital. And so there's a timeline perhaps of seven years and what and the different things that need to happen and need to be done uh, in, that, in that construction of a new hospital. And it's very tangible and it's very, um, it can often be very predictable uh, in the results and, um, and like in, in what equipment is required to build the hospital and then what you're going to get out of the timelines, the schedules, yeah. this kind of thing, yeah. So that kind of change, man, that's a change management approach mm -hmm. that requires like part of a project management approach that can be very helpful in bringing together all the pieces. The transformation can often happen through a change like that. So a change of a new hospital, um, like, the, like one of the centers I was part of, um, a project I was a part of, our focus was on transformation, which is around the culture and transforming um, the, the 
relationships and who are we being and how are we being with each other that will create the atmosphere and the culture uh, within which healing and care for our people and patients and clients happens. Mm. That can be a really interesting challenge. I know I've been a change agent in different corporations in the course of my career, and some of them take it very well, and some of them do not take it very well. Mm. What, what's been your experience with that? You've, you've talked about three different organizations. Yeah, so I think I focus on this one project um, that I got to be a part of, and our transformational journey uh, that linked to the opening of this new hospital um, we called Creating Learning Communities and it was a three-year project that was designed to build the community and transform um, the culture at the level of identity uh, that would create the space for healing in the center. And we began with a program called Authentic to the Core and this program um, builds on Indigenous wisdom and was created by my one of my colleagues and mentors, um, Lorianne Demers, that looks at uh, who are we being, what's, what's your unique uh, gift and your unique essence uh, that you have to bring to this world as an individual. Um, so what's your essence and what's your vision and your mission? And um, we had people from all levels of the organization come to this program. We had over 300 people who participated and included porters, nurses, lab techs, managers, physicians, directors. So we had all levels of the hierarchy there. And we also, um, this was also done in Surrey, which is a very ethically, um, ethnically diverse um, place. So we had um, people from Africa, we had blacks, we had Asians, we had um, whites, we had Caucasians, we had, um, I don't know if we had any indigenous, <laughs> um, but that's a really interesting question. Um, but we had all sorts of people from all over the world who were part of this. And what happened in that conversation and beginning the conversation about who are you and what is your gift is it helped to shift the attention being on like, what's your role and what do you do to who are you? And what's the gift that you bring? And knowing each other in that place of relationship and community uh, was a difference that made a difference. Yeah, that can be a really challenging shift to make. I know I had been working with a coach a few years ago, four or five years ago, something like that. And she's like, well, who are you? And the first thing I want to reach for is, well, I'm a housewife and I'm a trained scientist and I'm, a, you know, all of these handles and labels we put on each other. So how do you help somebody to shift out of that mindset into I, I am peace, I'm a safe space, I am a mirror in this mm. world? Yeah, it's such a great question. And I think it's the transformation that's required for all of us and for our society as a whole at this time is that shift from like, if we call the operating system 1.0, like figuring it out from my head, mm -hmm. <laughs> like a head based, which is actually quite hierarchical, right? Yeah. Like my yeah. head is going to figure out and I'm going to tell my heart and the rest of me what I'm going to do and how this is going to happen. 
Um, so the hierarchy lives within me as well as it is outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> and the body just needs to suck it up. <laughs> yeah, suck it up. Get on with it. There's no room for any feelings here. Yeah. <laughs> to um, operating system 2.0, which would be head and heart and soul, um, which I'm pointing to my uh, my solar plexus and my gut, right? And my, following my instincts. So. To change the conversation um, requires changing the environment um, and uh, giving permission Mm -hmm. and being a stand for wholeness that the whole person is welcome here. Your physical presence, your mental presence, as well as your emotional presence and your spiritual presence. it also is about changing how we do change. Mm-hmm. So shifting the conversation from change management 1.0, how do we build a hospital? To- exactly. Here's your li- task list of things you need to do and how you need to show mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To engaging change and leading transformation, which is recognizing it's part of a process. And life, we're also working with life and the the energies of um, like right now in Canada, it's springtime. And so there's energies of like abundance and growth and um, things blooming all of it, all of the time. And there's no one can, no one can control this, right? (laughs) Things happen. What we need is how do we, how do I lead myself with whatever is happening? How do I stay in a grounded, stable, connected place with myself so I can and be connected with others in trusting and safe relationships uh, so that we and align with our purpose and keep on mission together. Mm. I'm interested in the, the origins of this particular project because I know I've tried to, what I want to say, speak change to management and sometimes that goes better than other times. Mm-hmm. What, what level did this project originate from? Who was kind of the driving force behind it? Yeah, it's interesting. It's um, It was actually uh, from a director level, an executive director of the uh, project, who was a past coaching client. Mm. So um, part another part of my project there had been around creating the infrastructure for coaching services, which was designed to connect leaders in the organization with a coach, with an executive coach. And so this leader had been working with a, with a coach for a couple of years by this point and had really come to experience um, the value of the coach approach and wanted to create a coaching culture. So she came with that intention and that vision, and nice. we were able to uh, partner with her in creating the infrastructure for that to happen. That's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing the ripples that come out from, I've, I worked with this one client, they have transformed and now they are out like transforming everything within their influence. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of the most gratifying things. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and it's really an example of being the change and, and the impact of um, going through my own personal experience and my own personal transformational journey and being willing to um, engage my sovereign self and align with my my purpose and with my talents and my gifts and share them with others and as I do that then the roles that I take on and the leadership that I'm given access to and I have the privilege of I can then impact social change 
that's how it happens, right? Because then she says, I had such a personal transformational journey. I want to make this part of how I do my work moving forward, and I want to make it available and accessible to others. So how can we do what we usually do with a coach approach? And it's a subtle request like that that can, can have tremendous social change benefit for and I, I just, others in this ooh, The ripple effects, right? Because it's not just the people that are working at the hospital that feel the effects of this. It ripples out into all of the patients who come through the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then it ripples out into the greater community, right? Because the people who've gone through the transformation at work go home and take that out into coaching the little league team or, or whatever their, you know, passion project. Yeah, totally. Or with their kids, like, and how they, how they parent their kids. And instead of telling their, their children what to do, they're actually asking them questions and being curious about, well, what's going on for you here? And how are you feeling? And what do you want? <laughs> yeah. And what do you think would be a good solution for this conundrum yeah. you're sitting in right now? <laughs> right. And to stop trying to control and manage and, everybody and everything (laughs) and it can be hugely liberating like that shift to let go of that responsibility uh, which has been a big part of my learning path that I'm not responsible for um, for um, for everything that happens here that actually this is a we're we're all in this together this is shared responsibility and I'm responsible for my part definitely and um, and you're responsible for your part so how do we work together and I can let go of trying to figure it all out or have control over it all. And Yeah, and it's working towards a common end as opposed to, well, I've decided as a parent this is where you need to end up. Right. Yeah. That's beautiful. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did this experience then inform how you approach other things in your life, having gone through this big project with – this healthcare organization as they're rebuilding their hospital? Well, I, after, after that experience um, and the results we started to, we saw as a result of that uh, project was that that site had some of the highest engagement scores for the organization for the next like five to seven years. So that was hugely gratifying and um, to be, part of seeing how it works in action and some of the outcomes that you spoke of in terms of clients and patient satisfaction and quality of care. Now, out of um, curiosity, what, what did the management measures look like? I mean, because management comes in and looks at, well, how, what's our ROI and how efficient are we and what's the patient satisfaction ratings and that sort of thing. Do you know how it impacted any of those measures? Uh, well, I know that the project was completed on time, which was important, and within That's budget. big, especially on something as big as building a hospital. They almost yeah. never finish on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and the ultimate vision of walking hand-in-hand hand into the hospital happened, and it was a really beautiful image of the leadership and um, community all walking together hand-in-hand in hand into the hospital. Oh, that's wonderful. And co-creating that together. Yay. <laughs> and and how long has the hospital been open now? Um, back over, over 10 years, I'm thinking. Oh, wow. Okay. Or under, no, maybe five years. Five years. I'm not sure. Yeah, so what that taught me is um, when people 
are seen and acknowledged at their level of essence and gift in the world, it changes the conversation radically and it gives people permission to show up and bring their full selves to work in a way that creates creative solutions where it builds relationships um, and where it really, I think, creates the conditions for innovation that places like healthcare in Canada really are requiring right now as we shift from 1.0 to 2.0. Yeah. So uh, then I also got to experience so that really inspired me about wanting to create more projects like that and how do we create the conditions for more of these conversations. So then I, my next phase was getting to experience, well, what gets in the way of that? Ah, yes. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. So there's, so my next project was about cultural safety and psychological safety, growing the conditions for psychological safety mm-hmm. in a healthcare organization. This is in a different organization now. And, um, So tell me what psychological safety is. Hmm. That's um, psychological safety is about the mental well-being of people Mm -hmm. um, that I can feel safe um, and trusting in my relationships with others that I I feel free to express my opinion. If it's different than yours, for instance, that I would feel safe to bring forward um, what I think in the face of difference would be an example of right you don't have to be concerned about because you've expressed a difference of opinion you're going to get uh what do i want to say psychologically beaten up <laughs> yeah exactly or judged or blamed or shamed or punified in any way exactly hmm. so how does one do that yeah well it's a really important question um How do we create the conditions for safety and trust? And, you know, originally going into this project, um, a lot of attention was on the outside infrastructure and processes and from a human resources perspective. And what I learned is that um, what's required for me to create safety and trust with me begins with me first. (laughs) So... um, Um, Because what gets in the way of safety and trust is shadow, Mm -hmm. ego, power, Mm -hmm. control, and all of the patterns of shadow that are up in our culture right now in many places. I'm going to put us on hold right there and we're going to dig into the shadow side of this after we return from our commercial break. You can always... Continue this conversation with us. We are both on LinkedIn. You can find me at Zofia Renea Morales. That's Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A-M-O-R-A-L-E-S. And you can find Catherine at, where'd it go? There it is. Catherine LaCour. That's C-A-T-H-R-Y-N-L-E-C-O-R-R-E on LinkedIn. And we look forward to continuing this conversation with y'all after the break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. 
It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. We're back. And if you're an Instagram person, you can find me at Sophia, Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A on Instagram. Or you can catch up with Catherine at uh, White Raven Collective on Instagram. So pick your, pick your social media choice. <laughs> we were talking about shadow before we went to break. So Catherine, would you like to pick up where we left off? What what showed up on the shadow side of things that started to make these processes more challenging? Mm, such a great question. Yeah. Well, work and organization is filled with people. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. The ultimate wild card. <laughs> yeah, that the system is actually us. I'm the system. <laughs> You're the system. <laughs> to Damn. That means to change us. <laughs> yeah, that showed up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how did it show up? Yeah, well, what gets in the way of change is um, ego, control, patterns of power, patterns of privilege. And some of the soup we're swimming in that I didn't even know we were swimming in. And um, so, yeah, in my relationship dynamics, um, on team and with a couple of specific people, I found myself acting in ways where I didn't like how I was showing up and I, and I was coaching and I, I was talking with friends and I was in my circle, but I could not get a handle on like this spiral I was kind of in. 
Yeah, I was like, why am I doing this? I know I should be doing something different. Yeah, Yeah, I know I should be doing something different. And and, and for me, it was around standing in my value as a woman um, in relationship with a male uh, leader who was in a power position with me. And I found myself second-guessing myself, doubting myself, Mm -hmm. um, not communicating very clearly. And I couldn't shift this pattern. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So what did you do? Well, so it, it became, what I became aware of, and this was through my um, partnership with um, um, my Indigenous colleagues who were, um, uh, who, were part, who were initiating and creating the space for cultural safety. And they helped, and my colleague um, helped me to see the patterns of white supremacy, which I had not learned about before. Yeah, it's so hard to see from the background in which we've been raised. Yes, from my um, English heritage, and I have a colonial background (laughs) as part of my ancestry. Uh, So it's part of the waters I'm swimming in. I don't even see how I'm colluding in those patterns of power and privilege. And she shared with me a document um, that's called The Patterns of White Supremacy. And it's been co-created in a... Uh, with a collaboration of anti-racist scholars and people of color scholars who've identified top 10 key patterns of white supremacy that include, um, um, and I think what's important to notice here is is where people can get hooked. Like my, uh, like I'm not a white supremacist. Like it's easy to call some people. Like yeah, a white exactly. It's easy to go. Oh, look, neo Nazis, right? Totally. Look at yeah. them, neo Nazis, with their hats and their and their torches, their skinheads and their torches, exactly. Yeah, and judge them for that. But then to turn that on me and say. I, another thing about us white people, we're very defensive. And so to actually... Like, I didn't do that. What, I'm, not, I'm not mean like that. I have really good intentions. <laughs> I want to help people. That's why I work in healthcare. I'm just clueless. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So there's this defense mechanism that automatically comes up that I just want to acknowledge and for anyone who might be listening right now. Oh, God, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Some tensions. Um, just notice like that might be part of the problem pattern here, right? And, and, our, um, and just uh, give permission and igno- uh, to, to look at things through a different lens and just be curious about what might be other perspectives that might be useful about how we're organizing that could be helpful in making a shift. So what I found helpful um, through, through recognizing these 10 patterns of white supremacy is like my pattern of perfectionism, for instance, that it's not personal. Like my, where I was stuck or is like not valuing myself and trying to prove my worth yes. through what I was doing and making it right and being perfect. Mm-hmm. And that was actually pulling on, on my colleague for his approval when actually I needed to be standing in my own value. And going, it's, as it is, is fine. Yeah, and allowing... It's perfect every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so to be able to see that and then to be able to see like individualism and how like I have to figure this out, it's all up to me. Um, and we'll there's something that. less if I have to reach out and coordinate and collaborate yeah. with someone else. Yeah. Whereas actually what's required right now is for us to reach out and be in collaboration together, be in partnership together because the change, nobody can do this on their own. There's no one in charge, right? Exactly. exactly. The, the bridge has to be built from both sides. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So that was another pattern. And then this pattern of urgency that sometimes I feel like I have to figure, like, I, I don't have very much time. I don't have enough time. I have to figure this out or I don't have enough money to do the way I want to do it. So I need to just go for the quickest, most urgent uh, way, which actually in doing that means that others can't come along and support me and, and I can't engage with others inside of what I'm up to. Right. I'm and you move time. out of power into force a lot of times. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So these are some of the patterns that upon seeing it from this larger systemic lens, I could really let go of making myself wrong, like, and start and stop. Because sometimes in this personal development transformation realm, it can be all about fixing me and like, okay, if I shift my perspective, or if I heal this other aspect of myself, I'm going to have this great transformational aha awakening moment, and it will change everything. <laughs> yeah, right? the magic wand comes out. Bling, bling, bling. Yeah, so and it's inside the story that I, I was inside of a story of I'm wrong, I'm not good enough here, and so I or and so I have to keep changing myself in order to change this situation, um, which is the shadow side of be the change because it keeps me focused on myself and very individualistically focused and very um, self-centered. As opposed to being a change that's part of a fabric of warp and weft that all comes together. Yeah, so helping to see it's part of the system and that the shame is part of a system. It's a systemic issue. Oh, very much so. I mean, I've, I've got a mailing list of clients who are all recovering perfectionists. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because it's actually, the shame has been a tool of domination. It's a tool of enslavement mm-hmm. and keeping people separated from each other yep. because we're, sh- we're feeling shame and guilty. And so I don't want to interact with others so they won't know this. That I have, yeah, clay feet or that I'm human. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So the antidote to busting through that is telling the truth and being transparent. And I'm really grateful for my, my sister, um, my sister circle, my pod sister circle, who uh, is a group of women that could really hold me and be with me in um, the experience in such a way that I could, um, share my pattern and where I was feeling stuck and they, they were really standing with and before my um, creative wise um, self, sovereign self yes. when I couldn't, right? When I couldn't see her or stand with her that they could really hold that intention and hold the space for me. So I'm really grateful for them. And I'm really grateful for um, discovering the path of Kundalini Yoga. Ah, do tell. Yeah, so this path, oh, I had no idea. This, it's an ancient wisdom and technology that's been stewarded by the yogis from India and brought to North America by Yogi Bhajan in the 1960s um, with the intention of making available what had, what had been a secret teaching up until that time. And this is technology that clears the slate, clears the mind, because one thing I learned for sure is the coach approach and dialogical interventions can only take you so far. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's you true. can only talk They're about really good so tools much. in the right circumstances. <laughs> yeah. And then you need to shift your behavior. 
<laughs> but, and so what if your beingness, yes. And your beingness and your relationship with yourself and the relationship with spirit, the relationship with the larger entity of life, source, God, universe, however you call it. That's the shift that's been required for me at this time. That's beautiful. And is this how you came to become the chief embodiment officer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So at the same time I discovered Kundalini Yoga, um, I was in a, a retreat with, um, a, with um, three other amazing women who also uh, are on the path of um, elevating consciousness through Kundalini Yoga and healing themselves and the world uh, through this ancient practice. And we, uh, in that same retreat, that he was very healing for my heart and uh, for my relationship with, the, with life, uh, we also uh, conceived and birthed a, uh, a new initiative called the White Raven Collective, Ah. Yeah, and we're a teaching and learning community embodying yoga as a lifestyle. And we, um, we all are from BC Health and engage collaborative leadership models and methods and how we do what we do and create the spaces and places for healers and for change agents and for leaders to be renewed and come back to center and be in their own practice. Uh, so that they can continue to be difference makers in the world. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. We're getting down to the end of our time here today. And I know you had a couple of words of wisdom you wanted to share with all of the change makers and potential change agents who are out there listening today. What are your words of wisdom to, uh, to everyone who'd like to be the change? Mm. My first word of wisdom would be get on the mat, do your practice, support yourself to be in your sovereign self every day. It requires a daily practice and a daily intention. And my second piece for those moments when you're not in your sovereign self. (laughs) (laughs) I was having one of those earlier, yes. (laughs) Yes, that's all part of the process. (laughs) So not to make yourself wrong about it. Uh, but to allow it to happen, and it's an opportunity for elevation, so to lean into that tension. So often we may want to remove from the conflict or, or blame the other person, but actually that conflict, that tension, that perturbation, which is something that's happening in the field that I don't feel comfortable with, can actually be the access to creating your next phase of life and bringing innovation and care to what's occurring right here, right now. So lean into the tension, my second. And my third would be to change how we do change. Change where you're placing attention and focus from doing and valuing yourself from doing what you do in your day and your to-do list and shift attention to who are you being and how are you being with others and uh, focus on building relationship with yourself, with others, with nature expand the container thank you so much for coming and sharing with us today i really appreciate you spending your time with us it's been a real delight to be here thank you so much for allowing me to share my story and creating this space for transformation this is such an important conversation at this time to empower all of us to step into our sovereign selves and lead from that 
place of wisdom and creativity and intelligence. Thank you so much. So that wraps us up for today. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, if you'd like to learn more about Second Saturdays with Sophia, you can go to bit.ly slash Second Saturdays. Uh, we've got Embracing Your Higher Purpose coming up as well as Embracing the Financial Flow. So I'm excited to see you on Second Saturdays with Sophia. And until next week, live soul first. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 